everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we thought it would be fun to do a little mid-year check-in on goals. I mean, it's the end of August, so it's more like three quarters of the year. Yeah, but it feels like summer doesn't count. Like if we did a check-in on goals in June, I would be like, yeah, but I'm not starting until September. So I feel like in my head, this makes sense. It makes sense in my head because I feel like the first three months of the year didn't really count because it was like, I was really, really depressed. I feel like it was just so cold and rainy and awful in New York. Like I was not doing anything to work on my goals. Then in March, I like picked up. Yeah, I feel like this makes sense. And now we're, it, it actually was really helpful. I listened to the episode that we did in January this morning when we set our goals. And so now I feel like I have like a little kick in the pants. I have a reminder for the rest of the year. I know. I felt the same way. But before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by Rent the Runway. It's time to get dressed again, and Rent the Runway is here to help. We'll tell you more about why we love them later in the episode, but we want to let you know you can take 40% off two months of an eight-item plan with code BOP at renttherunway.com. All right, let's get into our highs and lows. Yeah. What's your high? I know your high. I have two highs. So my first high is that Rom-Com Pods was in the New York Times. So wild. I saw that on your Instagram yesterday and was like, excuse me, famous friend. I was so excited. It was actually really funny because I found out because I have a Google alert set for a competitor. I also have a Google alert set for us, but it came up in the competitor's Google alert. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to click through. And I'm like, I'm pissed that we weren't listed. And then we were the second one. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm so happy for you guys. I'm so excited. It was online. I'm. It was in the art section, so I'm kind of wondering if it'll be in print on Sunday. I don't know. That would be crazy. But we've gotten a little traffic bump for it, and it feels like it's so legitimizing. I'm just so, I'm so happy. Well, now you can just be like rom-com pods, as seen in the New York Times. Absolutely. Yeah. So Seems like a little seal. I know. So I'm thrilled about that. And then when this episode airs, I will be on vacation. Yeah, I will be. Well, I will be traveling to vacation to be with you. I but yeah, I'm so excited. I have not gone on. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I firmly believe that there is a difference between a trip and a vacation. A vacation is something you go on and you come back feeling restored versus a trip is something that you go on and you come back more tired than when you left. And I have only like, gone on trips this year. Gotcha. And I didn't go anywhere last year. Yeah. So, you know, I went to I went to Charleston, which was kind of a hybrid, but it was very quick. I went to Newport, which was definitely a trip. So I haven't been anywhere. I am yeah. so excited to go on a vacation, to read books on a beach, to swim in an ocean. I cannot wait. And it's my birthday. Yeah, it's your birthday. It's my birthday the day this episode airs. Happy birthday. Thank you. So yeah, I'm also 35 now. Exciting. What's your high? Oh, I have a lot. So I had like my dream weekend, which was I just watched a lot of documentaries. <laughs> I It started with my friend Molly came over. And so my boyfriend really loves to sail. And we had gone to dinner on a double date with Molly and her husband. And the guys were like, 
so Molly's husband is out of town. He's in the military and he's away for three months. <laughs> so the guys were like, well, when Molly is away, I mean, when Ted's away, you, you girls got to watch this documentary Maiden, which is about sailing. And I was like in my to their faces, I was like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. In my head, I was like, I'm not watching a documentary about sailing. <laughs> Becca, it was so good. It was about the first fully female crew to do the Whitbread race, which is a race all around the world. So these women, like, I, it did not make me want to sail or get on a boat, but, like, I just admired their friendship, their camaraderie, their hard work. They faced so much sexism, and they were criticized by the media. I mean, this was in, like, 1990, so, like, just super, super sexist press, just people making a complete mockery and a joke about what they were doing. It was just so uplifting. Like Molly and I were like, we were having wine and cheese, but we were like both in tears by the end. Oh, wow. So I loved that. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like more documentaries. So <laughs> then I watched on Netflix, there's an Amy Tan documentary. And I've always loved her writing. She wrote The Joy Luck Club. Mm-hmm. And that, that was like, I was more medium on that one. It was okay. like a really good look at her life. And I had no idea like, how much of a struggle she had and like she had a really mean mother and like their relationship was really strained. So like that was like medium interesting. But then I watched two more documentaries, (laughs) both Saturday night and then Sunday morning. (laughs) I'm just looking at your face and you're just like, "Mm, well, no, I, I was actually you wrote in the outline what one of them was. So I'll let you say it. But one of them has been on my list to watch for forever. Oh, was it Exit Through the Gift Shop? Yes. So that was on my list to watch forever. Okay, so I love street art. I love trying to find Banksy's, especially if you're in London traveling. I love Shepherd Ferry. I've been a big fan of Mr. Brainwash and gone to a bunch of his exhibits back in New York. This one I loved, and I don't want to like spoil it for anyone, but I just had no idea of Mr. Brainwash's backstory, so I'll just leave it at that. But you should definitely watch it. I thought... Exit Through the Gift Shop was about Banksy, not Mr. Brainwash. It's about both of them. Oh, it's produced by Banksy Productions, but I would say it's more about Mr. Brainwash than Banksy. Oh, okay. Um, I'm also a big fan of Mr. Brainwash. I accidentally wandered into an installation that was their work in London like years ago. Oh, cool. Well, you got to watch it. It's amazing. Is I it just, on Netflix? No, I, I bought it on Apple TV. Okay. So then I did, I clearly hadn't had enough street art. You guys, I'm such a loser. You're not a loser. It was um was it was raining there this weekend, right? Yeah, we also had I didn't have a low, but now I remembered my low. I, my low is we had 11 days of rain. It's so, like hurricane season here, so honestly, I'm hope I'm hoping nobody listening had property damage. I I don't think that anything here was like too spicy from what I heard. Um, But like my ideal Sunday weather might be like a light tropical storm. Like it was raining too hard that I had an excuse that it did not make sense to leave my house. And I could just feel okay sitting and like watching TV and reading. Well, I was whining about the weather on Saturday and my family like sent me a group text being like, shut up. Like the Northeast is getting hammered and you're complaining about a stupid storm in Charleston. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be quiet now. But the fourth documentary I watched was Saving Banksy. And this one was so good, especially after watching Exit Through the Gift Shop, because it was about this like 
Banksy super fan who this mural was about to be painted over. And, you know, like his work goes for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he was really upset that the piece was going to be painted over. So he struck a deal and um, had it professionally removed. And then his goal was to get it into a museum. But the thing about Banksy is he doesn't like authenticate his pieces. And because he wouldn't authenticate it, the museum wouldn't take it. So then it was all about trying to get this piece of art that he spent like $40,000 preserving to be displayed somewhere. He didn't want to profit from it. But then meanwhile, there's a simultaneous story of this other guy who has a company that is dedicated to removing street art and selling it at, on the auction and like making hundreds of thousands of dollars by by taking down like like using like chainsaws and things to like get murals out of the wall. Oh, so that was fascinating in its own right because I never really thought about street art and what happens like because, you know, Banksy, Shepard Ferry, Mr. Brainwash, all those guys, they do it and then they know that it's going to be be impermanent because it's going to get painted over or whatever. But what about these like sketchy people who um, remove it? That's really interesting. Yeah. Then it interviewed some of the artists and talked about how they felt because one of the artists was like, I if when I'm dead, I kind of love that some of this stuff is being preserved. But I also as an artist want control of what's preserved because he's like, I have pieces I sell in galleries and pieces that are intended to be bought and put in someone's home. And then I have my other things. So I don't know. I would recommend watching all of them. (laughs) The Amy Tan one, I was the most medium on, but the other three, like good stuff. Okay. The other high was I had a weirdly wild Monday night. I had five of my friends over my friend Strom who have you met Strom? I have not. Okay, Strom is a good friend who I met in Charleston, but she moved to New York and now she's back for the week. So her and Natalie and two of my guy friends and one of the guy's girlfriends, Nicole, um, the six of us, I ordered barbecue for us, but the boys brought over so much wine and it kind of just devolved into like pimento cheese and a lot of wine. That's so fun. It's fun to have like an unexpected little party. Yeah, it was really fun. And I didn't I'd been wanting to have everyone over because my apartment finally looks good. It was really fun. So I don't know. I hadn't planned on like a fun Monday. And then lastly, my sister's here and we had family dinner a couple times this week. And it's just so nice to have almost the whole crew in the same city. Yeah, that is so nice. Yeah. So it was a good week. What about Lowe's? Just the rain. Okay. (laughs) Which I'm not allowed to complain about, apparently. Um, Milo is that I feel like I've gone in in waves during the pandemic. My sleep cycle has gotten later. It's gotten off cycle. So there was one point during the pandemic where I couldn't go to bed before 1 a.m. And then I was waking up late. And then it kind of not by any intervention on my part, it just my it went back towards normal. And I was going to bed at like 1030 and waking up at 630. And it was great. And now I'm back in the phase of like going to bed around 1230 and waking up late. And it's interesting because I feel like this week I've seen something going around on the internet where I've seen, I know Jasmine Guillory was talking about it. And I think some other folks that I follow too were talking about like, it was this tweet maybe about sleeping late shouldn't be an indictment of your like motivation or productivity, which I agree with. And I don't think sleeping late is inherently bad as long as you like get your stuff done. But it's so hot here right now that like I like getting up early so that I can 
go for a walk and get any errands done before it gets too hot. And like, I don't know. So I need yeah. to get my sleep cycle back under control. And I'm hoping being on vacation does it because there's not going to be anything to do at night. So hopefully I'll just be going to bed early. And then when I come back, I'll be on a better cycle. But yeah, I've gotten like wildly off track and I'm a night owl now and I don't want to be. Yeah. Because I'm not productive even, at night. No, I, I'm produ- decently productive at night, but I don't like working at night. I want to have my nights be free. Yeah, Jeff lives in LA, so that's been interesting for my sleep schedule, both with traveling there and like just calling to say goodnight because, you know, midnight for me is like nine o'clock for him and he's like just like starting his night, whereas yeah. I'm like, okay, going to sleep. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, let's get into the episode and talk about our goals. Yes. But first, let's take a break to talk about Rent the Runway. So we've both been using this service for years. And especially during the summer when I have more events and travel plans, Rent the Runway is such a lifesaver. If you're feeling shaky on what to wear after a year in sweats, if your clothes don't fit you, if you like don't even know what putting on a real outfit is anymore, Rent the Runway is the secret weapon that you need. With Rent the Runway, you can access thousands of designer pieces from occasion dresses to jewelry and accessories to loungewear from over 7,000 brands like Tanya Taylor, DVF, Fig, Rebecca Taylor, Veronica Beard, and more, all for one monthly price. Yeah. So in June, Becca and I both made the switch over to the 8-item plan, which felt like the right amount of pieces and price for the amount of getting dressed that we're doing. With the 8-item plan, what happens is you get four items per shipment and you get two swaps per month. So this is really perfect. So I got a few items to wear for some upcoming events. And then in my next shipment, I'm going to stock up pieces to wear on my next trip to L.A., We both really love it for vacation dressing, too, because you can get those fun, special, bold pieces that might not make sense in your regular closet without having to commit to them. You know what I've been really into? Renting purses. Yeah, you said that we both rented that Monster Gabrielle yellow bucket bag. Yes, and then I also have rented this, like, neon coral clutch for vacation. Oh, cute. I'm very into renting statement-y or, you know, non-neutral purses. Yeah. And with clothing... One of the best parts is is they take care of all the shipping and dry cleaning fees. And shipping is super fast. In New York, the items come in one to two days. And Grace has said the same thing in Charleston. And they have this great new feature where you can pick your next shipment before sending back your current items so that there's no lag time. And as Grace said, I love the eight-item plan, too. It's the perfect way to try new designers without the investment, especially for travel and events, for something that you want to wear once but you don't want to commit to. I've actually done so much shopping through Rent the Runway, too. I really love that if you find an item that you love, you can buy it outright for a steep discount over retail. Rent the Runway is changing the way that the world gets stressed. If you want in, you can take 40% off two months of an eight-item plan with code BOP at renttherunway.com. Again, that's 40% off the two months of an eight-item plan with code BOP at renttherunway.com. With a discount, that makes the eight-item plan just $85 a month. All right, Grace. I, well, so I did something different this morning in that I never listen to old episodes. Do you? No, I don't because I, we have to listen to each episode a few times as we approve it. And I hate the sound of my own voice. And I I don't mind the sound of my own voice, but I feel like I would feel like what I was talking about was silly or stupid if I listened to it, if I just picked an old episode and listened Oh, yeah. And I also I feel that way too. don't like 
my crutch words. I say like a lot and I always get self-conscious about my my crutches when I I say yeah listen. a lot. And I was like, yeah, but yeah. I, I found it kind of delightful to go back and listen to our episode about our resolutions. And especially because so much has changed since then in terms of you were still living in New York when we recorded that episode. I don't even know if you'd announced that you were moving to Charleston yet. No, I think I had maybe told you and I had like maybe told a couple friends because I signed I applied for the apartment like I think on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then I got back to the city and I was like, I think I'm making a terrible mistake. I'm not going to do this. And then I was like, no, I am going to do this. I was like going back and forth on it a lot. Yeah. And there was also so much uncertainty around the pandemic where, you know, obviously that was before anyone was vaccinated when we recorded this in early January. So it was just it was an interesting time capsule to listen to. And it makes me really happy where I don't think I'm going to re-listen to a lot of episodes now, but it makes me really happy that this feed will theoretically exist in the far future, like in 10 years. I think it would be so interesting to go back and listen to. Like, I wish that I had a time capsule of the things I was talking about and that were on my mind when I was in my mid 20s. It would just be yeah. so fun to look back and listen. Never mind like when you're 60 or something and you go back and listen and you can be like, back when I was young, I have this weekly audio record of my life. I guess I already have that because my blog, like I have literally 11 years of like my ramblings and my outfits, some of which I want to (laughs) delete. But I found it really delightful to go back and and listen to this episode. So how do we want to do this? Well, before we do this, I had a reader message me this week being like, your whole tarot scope has come true. And so then I went back and I listened to the episode with Kelly. Did you re-listen to that one too? I did not re-listen to it, but I saw your notes that you put in here because your, what is it, your rising sign is a Virgo? Yeah. So my rising sign is a Virgo. My main sign, my sun sign is a Libra. So and I saw the Virgo ones that you put in here because it's your rising sign. And I, yes. I don't think any of mine have come true yet. Okay. So you got three months. Four months. So for Virgo, her prediction was like it was going to be a big year of relationships. And she had said for both of us, an emotionally mature man was going to come into the picture and to allow ourselves to be romanced. She also I specifically talked- remember her saying that it was going to be a water signed man. What's Jeff's yes, sign? a water signed. Um, he is Scorpio. I don't think that's a water sign. I don't know. I'll look it up while you while you talk. And then she talks a lot about deepening your intuition. So the intuition thing I was already like working on a lot. Scorpio is a water sign. Oh, my God. That's so strange. Okay, And he's like super emotionally mature, like goes to therapy, like very, very mature, Um, more emotionally mature than I am. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's a water signed man. But the weird thing was for Libra, she had said that a love from the past would come back and be in your future. And I was I remember on that episode, I was like, fuck, no, I don't want to date any of my exes. Like, absolutely. I thought that she was talking about somebody else. And I was I was like, no way, no how. Yeah. But then she and then I kind of was very cringy about that. And she's like, it could just be someone that you knew. Maybe it's a friend or somebody from the past recirculating into your life in a new way. And that was this. So him and I met, I've talked about this on Instagram. Um, We met 
four years ago at a party in the Hamptons. And like, I thought he was cute. He was super, super nice. We had like this really, really good conversation. I have no idea what it was about. I was drinking a lot. But after you liked him because I remember you coming back from that party and I remember hearing about him four years ago. Yeah, it was like, oh, if we were both single, like I would totally date him. And we weren't single. So there was that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember thinking he was so cute and just like very smart and being sad because like I was like, I want to meet someone like that. And that was the person that kind of came back into my life, which is so crazy. So Kelly, (laughs) Kelly's not listening to this episode, but she was right. So none of mine have come true yet. Again, I still have four months to find a relationship with an emotionally mature water signed man and to deepen my own intuition. But I will say that my friend Allie, who is what's after Libra? Is it Scorpio? It might be. I think it's whatever's. Whatever is late October birthday. I don't know. There might be one in between Libra and Scorpio. Anyway, um, hers has also fully come true. So I I do think that there's something like very on point about these these tarot readings that I'm very excited to see at the end of the year if my if my tune has changed. Yeah, it's just like it's hard for me because I'm like, how is like every single Libra, like I know so many Libras going to have somebody from their past, like come back into their life. Like that like can't be real, but for, maybe not romantically. Yeah. But maybe in a different way. That's true. But it was just like, what a bizarre prediction to have happen. And what a, like I, I just was listening and I had chills. I was like, this is really fucking weird. Okay. So if you're a listener and you made note of your taroscope. Let us know if it's come true and we'll decide whether we should do this next year because Grace and our friend Allie are definitely proof positive and I'm I'm proof (laughs) negative so far. I will go on record saying that like that the taroscope was your idea. We both like yeah we both sign off on every guest we have like it's a group decision (laughs) but sometimes there's ones where I'm like I really want this person and Becca's like okay, you can have them. And sometimes there's ones that Becca really wants and I'm like, okay, sure. And the taroscope, I was scared. I was a little scared of it. And I was also like, this isn't real. Um, And then I'm the one who's like, fuck, I believe. I just think it's such a fun thing. I've always wanted to get like a psychic reading or a tarot reading. So I thought it would be a fun thing to do. It was fun. I'm just really freaked out how accurate mine was. I've never had someone like predict my life. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So should we get into our goal? Yeah. Our goal check-in, I guess we're calling it? Yes. So if you are new here or if you missed this, every year, well, I don't know, every year, the last two years, we've done an episode in January where we've set our goals for the year ahead. And um, this year we set two sets of goals, personal goals and professional goals. And we're going to we're going to check in. We'll, we'll recap what those goals are. So you don't need to go back and listen if you if you missed that one. And we'll tell you how yeah. we're doing and, you know, how we're adjusting the goals or if they're still important to us and if we have any new goals and, you know. Yes. So do you want to go first? You you had a long list of personal goals. I had a long list of personal goals, but I think I can kind of like wrap some of them together. I think my first four were really like very mental health related. So one was to learn to be better at discerning between anxiety and intuition. Another was to have more time to flow and feel less scheduled. 
And then just to get really clear on what's important and what's not. And then lastly, to have a little more separation between me, Grace, and then like me, Grace, who's on the internet, which is is weird to say as I'm like talking to the internet. But I think it felt like I was almost too close with my audience, like sharing everything and just feeling really overwhelmed by it because everyone, when you're sharing a lot, you're also getting a lot of unsolicited advice. And um, that was really hard for me. And I think I, I would say I've achieved all of those. I feel a lot happier. I feel a lot less stressed. Definitely gotten better at saying no so that I am feeling less scheduled, which is good. Funny enough, because we just had our episode about continuing to learn as an adult. Another goal of mine was to dedicate a few hours every week to learn about something that I'm curious about, whether that's masterclass or reading nonfiction or (laughs) as we just talked about (laughs) watching a documentary. So I, I think I've been doing pretty good with that. I had the goal of taking a full day off of Instagram every week. And I was doing that. And then I kind of I was gonna say, I feel like I remember you doing it that at the beginning of the year. You were taking weren't you taking the whole weekend off? Yes. And then I kind of was just like, I don't really need to do this. I didn't feel as like irritated by Instagram. After like two or three months of of doing that, I was kind of like, oh, (laughs) I kind of want to be on, but like I'm not stressed about it. So I think that just pulling back kind of helped and realizing that I don't need to reply to every DM or comment or everything. Um, And if someone chooses to yell at me or use me as a recommendation engine, I can just ignore them, which is a good feeling. Like it was like a boundary. Yeah. Um, I wanted to have better work and life boundaries. I think I definitely have that. I just feel like when you live close, I think a big part is like living close to my family. Like, you know, if, if I don't finish work up by five, like I miss critical time with my niece before she goes to bed, she goes to bed at like seven, which is usually where, when I would stop working. So I really have gotten not every night, but a few nights a week, like wrapping up before five to go spend time with my family. Um, One goal that I know I'm not going to achieve this year was um, to buy property. And that's just because there's so many variables. Like I'm in a long distance relationship right now. I don't know where I want to be. The market here in Charleston is crazy. Like it is not the time to buy. And also I was I was wondering what you were going to say about the school when I was listening this morning. I was like, is this still no, it's, on her it's radar? Not. But, you know, I've I I'm saved to the point where I'm if I if I wanted to, I could. So I have also I f- I feel like you just finished your apartment and it's, you know, the end of August. Yes. And so if you were then to just pick up and leave at the end of March when no. your lease is up, regardless of anything that happens, I'm going to stay in this apartment another year. Because I do not want to like do a full on move. Like maybe I'll move to L.A. for the summer or like go visit Jeff for longer periods of time. I don't know. I definitely want to be in this apartment for two years because it took so long. Like it's still not completely done. Like my my curtains in the living room are getting hung up this weekend. So it's a great goal. I will say that financially I've gotten there. So that feels good. Like if like my so you can I can it's just like when you decide to pull I'm the just trigger. not going to do it for at least another like year and a half yep yeah or maybe I will maybe like something will come up but I just don't think so like I mostly because I don't know where I want to be and well I think I'll always be in Charleston in some shape or form and I yep. and I don't know and I don't want to leave like when I like it was 
moving I I really underestimated how hard the move would be like just on me physically. It was a lot. It was really taxing both emotionally and physically. And um, I don't want to do it again in in like five months or six months or whenever April is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that I did less well on my goals. (laughs) But you had fewer. I had fewer and I'm I haven't done them. And you've had a good um, professional year. So I think when we get to that part, I'll be like, hee hee, I'm failing. And you'll be like, look, look at all the things I've done. Yeah. OK, so we'll see. So my first one was in December, I did a personal challenge and I did Melissa Wood Health every day for a month from kind of like early December through early January. And then I kept that going through the end of January, doing it every single day. And so my goal was that I was going to continue to do Melissa Wood Health or something similar five days a week. And I have failed so hard on that front. I've I've been really good about going for walks. I've been, recently I've been very good about um, using my cycle bike and, and spinning. So it's not that I feel sedentary, um, but I do, I do not feel like I've been doing any kind of like weight training workout. And I would really like to get back to it. The thing I'm, I struggle with, and I said it in the episode too, was that I really feel like I'm an all or nothing person. Like the beauty of doing that challenge where I had to do it every day where it was non-negotiable. So I didn't have to do mental gymnastics of am I going to do it today or am I going to do it tomorrow? And I don't know. So I, I, I would like to do this and do more strength type workouts, but I'm I'm not doing a good job. I probably have done two Melissa Wood Healths this month in, in August, and it's August 26th. So big check minus on that one. We'll see. We'll see where I am at the end of the year. Hopefully, maybe I'll do a little bit better. The second goal I had was to get back into some kind of skincare routine. I admitted during this episode that we did in January that I don't think I'd put on face lotion for the past six months. I'm happy to report that while I do not have a many step skincare routine, I am using moisturizer and eye cream regularly. You know, I like a lot of steps, but if you're washing your face and moisturizing, I'm happy for you. Yeah. So I'm doing that. And (laughs) I haven't um, moisturized in like a year. I was like, Becca, not a year. No, I know. (laughs) Well, it wasn't good. Um, Your recommendation to me was the Sobel Skin RX moisturizer. And I bought that and started using it. And I've been very dedicated to that ever since. I love that cream. I just wish it was a pump and not a jar. I agree. So I've done that one. I'm in a good place with that one. My next one was to spend less time on my phone. I had noticed with the screen time alerts that you get on Sundays that I was spending like six hours a day on my phone. I've done a little better. I'm not where I'd like to be. So I checked mine this morning and last week I did five hours of screen time a day, which still feels like way too much. And I will tell you that part of this is that I am kind of addicted to this very stupid game called Merge Dragons, which is very soothing. You just kind of organize stuff and you merge stuff into bigger stuff. Um, how do I don't recommend I'm it. looking at my screen time. Oh, yeah. I'm at five hours and 24 minutes. So I feel like I've gotten my Instagram time down and I've I've generally controlled my screen time. But then there's this game. And I will say that as part of writing my book, there is a lot of convincing myself to do it where I will, you know, like 
give myself a break in the middle or be like, you can play your game for 30 minutes if you then write. So there's a lot of bribing myself that has to do with screen time. I've been bribing, like to be. bribing myself with, with Candy Crush. Yes, I've had a effective. few like, my, my thing that I hate doing is recording sponsored Instagram stories. <laughs> and I'll be like, if you record these two stories, you get half an hour of Candy Crush. Yes, I relate to that very hard. And I set a timer so, and I like make a coffee and I'm like so happy. <laughs> it's the only thing that gets me to um, get my work done. So I would like I would like to be at three hours of screen time. I mean, in an ideal world, I think two is a reasonable amount of time that I would feel comfortable spending on my phone, but I just don't see that happening. I'd like to be at three. Yeah. I at one point gave up dragons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. Um, I at one point gave it up. I wish there was more of a record where I can see what my screen time was like over the year, like the same way that you can see your steps for the year. And I wonder what my screen time was then. But yeah, I'd like to be at three hours. But on the plus side, I do feel like my Instagram usage is down. That's good. So there's that. And then my last personal goal was about saving money, where I wanted to be saving money to kind of replenish some of the money that I had set out for rom-com pods and, you know, just generally thought that during the pandemic, because I was doing way less going out, that it was just naturally a great time to save money. Um, I've not done this. I haven't gone into debt, which is great. Um, but I haven't been very good about saving money. And the, the reason is, is that in order to both work on rom-com pods and work on my book, I have scaled back very heavily on the amount of client work that I'm doing. So my income has gone down. Yeah. So I'm kind of just like breaking even and I'm not saving money. So I feel good about the reason that I'm not accomplishing this goal and, and like it aligns with my priorities. So I don't think this one's going to get accomplished this year. And it is what it is. You can only, you know, some goals are competing. And right now I would rather focus on these two creative endeavors that hopefully should pay dividends in the future. But realistically, I'm not saving money. Yeah. I think that that's the, your reasoning, though, is you're really investing in yourself right now and like kind of changing your whole career. So I've done one and a half out of four. We'll get to the professional side, but let's take a a quick little ad break and then we'll do the professional side where Becca is killing it and I am not. So as life is getting back to normal, we have seen so many people contemplating big changes, kind of some of the changes we've been talking about in this episode, experiencing newfound social anxiety or just struggling with how we are supposed to get back to normal or at least normal-ish, along with all of this newfound COVID wave two Delta variant anxiety. So you've been hearing us talk about BetterHelp for the past few months, and maybe you're wondering, is BetterHelp for me? First of all, we both think that BetterHelp is an awesome service for pretty much anyone. But specifically, if you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who may be able to help. And best of all, they make it really, really easy because you don't need to add another thing that's a hassle to your to-do list. So here's how it works. You fill out a simple online questionnaire that assesses your needs. They ask you about your age, your relationship status, and your past experience with therapy and what you're looking to address. And then they match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. And then you choose how you want to interact with them. You can message them anytime, no scheduling needed, or you can have phone or video sessions, whatever works best for you. 
And something that we both really love, they also have counselors who are specialized in specific issues from everything from stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, LGBT matters, family conflict, self-esteem, and more. All told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's really great is that they're so committed to facilitating great matches that if your first therapist is not a fit, they make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And anything you share is always confidential. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash badonpaper. All right. Should we tackle professional goals? Yes. So we both only had three here. Shorter list. So should I go first? Yeah. Okay, so my first one was I wanted to break even on rom-com pods via selling ads or selling a script slash a season. I'm I'm doing good here. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm on the road. So as the recap, last year, Rachel and I self-funded the first two seasons of rom-com pods that we made. So on the second season, we had some ads, but we, uh, nowhere near paid for the production of the season. So we're sitting pretty in the hole here of like putting cash out that we haven't recouped. So my goal is to recoup that cash and hopefully start 2022 at like at even or at, or at pl- on the plus side. So we sold our new show that we haven't announced yet that's coming in November in at the end of January. We are getting paid for that in three installments. So the first installment went directly into the production for Showmance. So on the positive side, that was a break even. That didn't cost us any additional money. And we're getting some money from from ads for that. So that's helping. And then we got the second payment over uh, over the summer. And that was when I said in an episode, it was my high that we got to pay ourselves for the first time. So we're now at the point where we're taking money out and it's kind of just, you know, paying ourselves back from the money that we already put in. And so I think then we'll get the third payment once it once it's done. And um, that alone will get us close to break even. It will not get us to break even. But hopefully, I think by the end of the year, we should either sell a new show or we're trying to sell Showmance as a TV show. And I haven't even told you this because it just happened this morning. Um, we got our first meeting. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to go to L.A. for it? No, I think it's going to be. A oh, OK. I, yeah, it's not it's not like that far in talks, but we okay. got our first meeting. We started pitching it. And when I say we, I don't actually mean we. I mean, our agents. Um, we started pitching it like two weeks ago. And I, I thought it would be very unlikely that we would hear anything before Labor Day. And we got our first tentative interest. So we're going to have our first meeting about it. And we did get one rejection, but the rejection was very nice. And the rejection was on the basis of the production company already had a few different rom-coms in production, but they complimented that they thought that this was super well-written, which was such a compliment to me that never having done this, that I I co-wrote the pilot script. So I'm feeling great and I'm We'll see. I mean, we have more pitches out there, so hopefully more of them, you know, turn into meetings and hopefully this meeting goes well. We don't even have a date set for it, but I'm like, okay, so like maybe we'll maybe we'll sell a TV show this year. 
That's incredible. I'm so, so thrilled for you guys. Thank you. So I feel good about this one. It's not a given. I haven't accomplished it yet, but I'm on the way. Yeah. So then the second goal I had was to explore writing a book. And in January, I was kind of like on the fence where I had the idea for this book and I'd written like 5,000 pages, not 5,000 pages. <laughs> I was like, I wow. Know. I'd written 5,000 words. And I was like, I need to decide whether I'm doing this or not. And so I've decided I'm doing it. So I've been writing. My writing has been very sporadic, which was something that I said in that episode that I like didn't I didn't want this to be. I wanted to like fully commit. So it was a good kick in the pants to remind myself about wanting to commit. And I'd said, I don't know if I said it in that episode or another episode. I I still want to hold to finishing the first draft by the end of the year, which I'm, you know, I'll have to write way more in the second half of the year. So I'll have right now I'm I'm sitting at, I think, like 28,000 words versus a full book is between 70 and 90,000. So I'll have to write more in the back half of the year than I did in the front half of the year. And I'll have to write more than I've written in July and August per month in order to finish it in the next four months. But like, I think I can do it. That's so exciting. So we'll see what other projects come up that might interfere. But um, I'm committed to it. And I, I would really love to finish a first draft by the end of the year. I think you can do it. All right. And then the last goal I set for both of us well, I mean, it was my goal, but it had to do with that on paper, is that I wanted to get more ahead. <laughs> and We're doing a little better. <laughs> yeah, we're doing slightly better. I'm not as stressed about it. I'm not, I'm not, as, I'm not stressed about it, but yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it's like we have an October book, but we picked our September book like on like August 30th. <laughs> I know. Um, so <laughs> we're... <laughs> We're getting there. I mean, it's the book screening where sometimes you read a whole pile of books and you're like, none of these are right for a book club pick. And then sometimes you read a pile and you're like, all of these could be book club picks. And yeah, you know what else? I don't feel like I've been reading as many advanced copies this year as I normally do. I haven't been either. And I go in ebbs and flows with what I like to read. And the books that I've wanted to read lately wouldn't be podcast picks, like the 700-page true crime book that I'm reading, like not going to be a that on paper book, but something I really want to sit and read. And then I fall behind on reading books that we could vet. And then with guests, I just, I used to have like, you know, hundreds of people in my head that I wanted to interview, but we've gotten through a lot of our guests. So I don't know. Still have Michelle Obama out there. <laughs> we're still waiting for you, Michelle. So I think we're doing Open great. I, I Could we be more ahead? Like, yes, but I think we're doing fine. Yeah. I don't feel stressed. I think this one has kind of resolved itself. Like, I don't feel like I've actually done this goal, but I don't feel like it's a priority right now. Yeah, exactly. I think priorities can just change. And it doesn't mean that we're going to, like, start half-assing the podcast. We're just like, well, what else could we do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for our October book. <laughs> Me too. And I have an idea for November one. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about your professional goals. So I wanted to do more long-term brand partnerships as opposed to like just one-off stuff. So I've been doing a lot more long-term partnerships, like kind of more similar to the Sephora squad, like, you know, Sephora and Blue Apron and Necessaire and um, lots lots of brands. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but um, I feel really good about like the sponsored content side of work right now. I, oh, Biosance has been a big one, and you know how much I love their products. I just 
um, repurchase the eye cream that I've been using from them. Oh, I love that eye cream. The, the wait, no, you like a different one. I like the me. one you like that the you gel. Don't like. I don't like the gel. I like the cream. Well, to each their own. Yeah. I wanted to do more product focused partnerships and I have been. Um I have the Nightire collab is launching this fall. I have something in the home space launching this winter. And in fall of 2022, I'm designing a shoe with Sarah Flint. And I'm allowed to talk about oh, it. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. But you know what's really exciting? I haven't even told you this yet. In October, and I, I'm like knocking on wood right now. I have a wood. This wood October? Desk. This October. We are going to Vienna on an inspiration trip. Have you ever been to Vienna? I have not. I love Vienna. So I cannot wait. Like the the place that we're going on like to all these different museum exhibits to get like textile inspiration. We are going to an opera. Um, I don't want to get too excited because do you remember like right before COVID, I was supposed to go to Japan and St. Bart's for work. <laughs> and both of those got canceled. <laughs> so with the Delta variant, I don't want to be too optimistic, but it seems like it's a go. So that's so exciting. What are you talking about that you're not doing a good job on your work goals? I feel like, I mean, the product partnerships you've been working on behind the scenes, they just take a lot longer to actually come out from the consumer side. Yes. Everything's going well for work. The blog, I had a goal to build my blog traffic by 25%. And right now it's about flat versus last year, which honestly I think is good because people just aren't going to blogs the way that they used to. And I feel like I've been like lucky to hang on because everyone I know says their blog traffic is down like so much. So for blog traffic to at least be flat, I feel good about. The honest truth is that when I look at my audience's behavior, people are just shopping a lot more from swipe up links than blog links. They are. I was going to say, has your pie chart of where your income has come from? Has that changed? It's changed a lot. Like it's it's really like mostly from Instagram and the blog is still kicking and it's making like a good chunk. Like I could live off my blog money and be okay, But Instagram is just so much more um, lucrative and also where people are. And so I have to invest my energy where people are. It totally makes sense to have both, though, as a reference, because you're going to get the same questions over and over and over. And so it's like if you already have a blog post on it, you can refer people there as opposed to having to repeat yourself nine million times, which I see a lot of people on Instagram who don't have a blog have to do. Yeah. So either it's like people continually want to know the same thing and it's boring to your followers who have followed you for a long time and already know the answer. Yes. Um, I already feel a lot of times like I repeat myself during Q&As and I don't like doing that, but I also don't want to when when you do when your audience grows, you you need to like answer those questions. Yeah. Um, and I feel so grateful to have the blog. I was talking about this um, I was on a panel with on from nine to five chic and she was talking about how she feels really grateful to have this blog where people can go because it's much easier to maintain a blog. And like if your blog traffic is flat right now, I think that's actually really good versus trying to build a new blog right now. Like that would be really hard. Yeah. So I, f- I don't think you're doing poorly on your goals at all. I don't think I'm doing poorly. It's kind of like you're saving money goal almost in a different way. It's like, it would be nice to be doing that, but everything else is doing well. And I feel like I'm, I'm where I should be. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, do you have any new goals that you want to put on the record that you want to accomplish before the end of the year? No, I am. Um, I'm just kind of thinking about what's next. I have some ideas for like, like a a new brand, but that wouldn't be for a couple of years. Yeah. I want to hear about this. I'll tell you. I want to hear about this over margaritas on vacation. Yeah, we can talk about it on vacation. It's it's really, really new. And I don't think I have the bandwidth to do it right now, but I, I want to. I think we can like <laughs> manifest some shit. Like, let's get weird on vacation yeah. and manifest our future. Yeah, we'll talk about it on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to make a TV show. You're going to launch this brand. Like, it's going to be great. It's going to get witchy on this <laughs> vacation. I love it. So before we get into end matter, let's take one last break. So every time we do an ad for ZocDoc, I have a new doctor story to tell you because I'm currently making the rounds and seeing all of my doctors that I skipped during COVID. So I I did my PCP. I found a new gynecologist. And then this month on my list is going to the dermatologist for a skin cancer check, which I have not been great about. And my last one was a long time ago. So the rub here is that I'm needing to find all new doctors. So my primary care doctor left her practice during quarantine and moved out of the city, and I didn't even have a dermatologist to begin with. So my first step here was to procrastinate because usually it is such a pain in the ass to find a new doctor, especially with my terrible self-employed insurance that nobody takes. But I finally got my butt in gear. I went on ZocDoc, and I was so embarrassed with myself Because this task that had been sitting on my to-do list for months, for literally months, took me five minutes. So with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or on video chat. And you never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again. So I just put in my zip code that I wanted a female provider and my insurance info, and I had an appointment booked in less than five minutes all online without talking to anyone. Seriously, couldn't be easier. So just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment, whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or another specialist. ZocDoc has you covered. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com BOP and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. Back to the episode. Okay. Do you have an Instagram this week? No. I don't either. But I have two obsessions to make up for it. What are they? Okay. So the first one is I finally got on the plastic Birkenstock trend. I got not real Birkenstocks. I got the Freedom Moses ones. Oh, yeah. I have I have a lot of those. Um, which are like the plastic ones. The Birkenstock makes plastic ones too, but I liked the colors of the Freedom Moses ones better. I got silver. I think the Birkenstock ones are a little more comfortable, but the Freedom Moses come in better colors. Yeah, so I got silver. I actually think they're quite comfortable. I don't think I would want to go on like a multi-mile walk in them. Yeah. Because I think my feet would be like a little sweaty and uncomfortable, but like I bought them because we're going on vacation And where we're going is just like all sand. And I was like, I don't want to ruin shoes. I'm just going to wear these the entire vacation. Did you get silver with glitter or just silver? Just silver. I didn't see an option for silver with glitter. I probably would have gotten those. I have silver glitter ones and I love them. (sighs) But I am jealous. Remember the day I thought I had COVID and I, 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 um, again, I don't have a car. So I walked in the heat to go get a COVID test. (laughs) 
I was wearing my Freedom Moses and my feet got so sweaty that I got the worst blisters. Like, and then oh. I couldn't wear any Birkenstocks, which are my go-to for like a week and a half. It was very traumatic. So, but I'm I'm liking them so far, and especially as beach shoes and for short distances, I think they're going to be perfect. Just don't wear them when your feet get really sweaty. That's my advice. I've been I've been wearing them out when my feet get sweaty for like short walks, but nothing like yeah. long. Like I walked to Sweet Green today wearing. Yeah. Them. Oh, that's fine. fine. Just don't walk yeah. like two miles in them. Totally. Yeah. And then my other obsession is a TV obsession. Have you watched The Chair? No, but I am so excited because Jeff is coming this weekend and we are watching it together. I've been saving it to watch with him. Well, be excited, but set your expectations. So first of all, it's so good, but it's only six half hour episodes. I was so disappointed when I ran out. Oh, we can watch the whole thing in a night. Yeah, seriously. That's what I did. I watched it all on Sunday night. So this is the new, it's on Netflix. It's with Sandra Oh, and she plays the chair of an English department at a, I think it's a fictional, um, like liberal arts college in New England. And she's the first female chair. She's the first non-white chair. And, you know, she's dealing with all this like very, um, stodgy institution and like there's a lot of old people especially old men in her department and um I, I thought the show was so good it was very it was like smart funny it was imminently watchable I'm really excited to watch it my sister who is in academia not Becca my sister Meredith um is so we were texting about this she's like I can't believe there's like a show that's like about my life like I feel really cool did she think it was accurate um, she didn't say she hasn't watched it yet. Oh, okay. I was telling my friend Kyle last night who works in academia about it and telling him to watch because I wanted to know if it was realistic. Yeah. What about you? What are you obsessed with? Well, I, I'm obsessed with all of the documentaries I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but I'm also so excited. Did you know that Modern Love is back? I did. I knew that it was back, but I haven't watched any of it yet. I've only watched two episodes of it. It's so good. Um... The first episode made me cry so hard. It's it's just such a tearjerker and it's so sweet. And I like that each of the episodes can kind of be watched as a standalone. I, I love that. I loved the first one so much and I'm enjoying the second one so far. Okay. Yeah, this one's on my list too. What about books? Okay. So on the books front, I read, loved, and finished the Maddie Dawson book, which was called – what was that called? The – it was called The Magic of Found Objects. The Magic of Found Objects. I was thinking it had the power in it, and I'm like, that's wrong. The Magic of Found Objects, highly recommend. Have we t- told people that that's our book club pick? I accidentally, not, not accidentally, but I updated our the book club list on our website, and I put it on there, and I posted it to the Facebook group. So, like, it's secretly out there. Okay. But, yeah, so this episode comes out on September 1st, so it'll already be on Instagram. You will already know this if you follow us, but... The Magic of Found Objects by Maddie Dawson, who also wrote um, Matchmaking for Beginners, is going to be our September book club pick. Yes. Do you want to give the the pitch of like what it's about? Yeah. So this is a trope that I think is common, but I can't think of anything that's done it, where two best friends decide that they're going to get married. They're in their mid-30s and they're kind of like, we're going to beat the system and not be in love, but get married and do this together. It's kind of like the story of what happens. The main character, Franzie, has a very practical stepmother and then a very impractical hippie mother. And the mothers both have very different opinions on her decision. And then she works in publishing and she meets a cute boy that she kind of 
starts to have feelings for. So she's very torn on what to do. I thought it was very cute. Did I get the summary okay? Yeah, I think you did great. And then I started... I. Well, the two books that I'm still reading are Helter Skelter, which is my 700-page true crime book about the Manson murders. How far are you now? uh, Like 150 pages. Okay. And then I'm also reading Set Boundaries and Find Peace by Nedra Tawab, which is great. But I'm I read like ten pages at a time. Like it's it's very um, self helpy, and I I I kind of like to like read process, put it down, read something murdery, <laughs> then repeat. And then I'm I just started reading a book called The Other Me by Sarah Zachrick Jeng, and can't decide if I like it yet. Okay, this is a woman. Um, is she's. It's her 29th birthday and she is at her friend's art opening and then she opens a door and like goes through the door. She thinks she's going into the bathroom and she walks into a whole different version of her life and her head is flooded with all new memories and she is married to a guy that she barely knew in high school. But like so this is like her whole other life. So it's like sliding doors kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like sliding doors. I haven't decided how I feel about it. Okay. The book that I just got that I'm really excited to read is called In Polite Company, which takes place in Charleston, and it's by Gervais Haggerty, who's actually one of my friend's sisters. Oh. Um, so that's kind of sitting there, and I just got here, and I'm like, do I want to DNF the other me? But it feels like the other me could have potential, so I haven't abandoned it yet. I guess next week I'll report back on what I decided to do. Okay. Yeah. How about you? So... I had a very good reading week. So I read this book called The People We Keep by Alison Larkin. And uh, last Friday, I I had nothing on my schedule except I, I needed to write. And I opened this book and I was like, you know, I'm going to with my coffee, I'm going to sit. I'm going to re- I'm going to read a little bit. I got so sucked into this book. I read it all in one day. I did write. So I didn't blow off my responsibilities, but um, I needed to finish this book. It was so good. It is a tearjerker. I cried my way. I sobbed my way through this book. So it's about a, it's set in 1994. And it's about a girl who uh, is like a teenager. And her father has not quite abandoned her, but like all but abandoned her basically in a small town in upstate New York. Her mom left when she was a, a little kid and her father has met another woman and uh, kind of started a new life. And so she's living in a trailer by herself and she's 16. Oh my gosh. And she ends up running away from home. And she's also a very talented singer. And so it's told about kind of the people she meets on her journey who are meaningful to her life. And it is, it is so sad and so happy at the same time. I loved it. I very much thought about calling my agent and being like, can I acquire the rights to this? If it had been if it had been two years in the future, I probably would have done that. But I desperately want somebody to make this into a movie. Oh, wow. It is so good. That's I cried my face off. So I just do with that what you will. Okay, I think you would like this. Um. And then the second book I read was this book called Lizzie and Dante by Mary Bly. And it was also medium sad, much less sad than the people we keep. Um, It's about a woman who is dying of cancer 
and she goes on a vacation to the island of Elba with her gay best friend and his partner. She's kind of deciding whether to continue treatment, even though her her disease is terminal. So it would be about prolonging her life, not about beating cancer. And while she's on this island, she meets this famous, this kind of surly famous chef who runs a restaurant there, like a Michelin starred restaurant. And he has this like plucky daughter. They start an affair, basically. Not an affair in that he's married or anything, but just, you know, they start like seeing each other. I will say for a book that is about somebody who is dying of cancer, it is very joyful. And it definitely had sad moments, but overall it was like, it was lovely. And it had that like very escapist quality of like, it kind of reminded me of Under the Tuscan Sun about somebody, you know, going to a, another country and like rebuilding their life. Oh, that sounds great and sad. I loved it. It was, it was lovely. I feel like you did and a it lot wasn't of- as sad. It wasn't as sad as you would expect it to be. I expected it to also be a tearjerker. I read it on Sunday when it was raining all day and I was like, yeah, I can go for another cry. And um, I did cry, but it wasn't, I didn't cry my way through it the same way I did with The People We Keep. Okay. Um, but both highly recommend. Like I gave both five stars, like loved. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So two recommendations for you there. And as we said, our book club book for September that we'll be talking about the last week of September is called The Magic of Found Objects by Maddie Dawson. So go ahead and pick that up and we'll discuss it the last last Wednesday of the month. And you can join our Facebook group to talk about books and other stuff. It's a very vague plug. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And my blog is thestripe.com. Go there and help me achieve my goal. <laughs> yeah. Help her achieve her. Tw- bring 25% of her following and friends so that yeah. she can hit her 25% goal. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you.